Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Let's stand on our feet. Give the Lord the praise. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we, we adore you. We absolutely adore you. We put no one before you. We seek your face and not your hand. Tonight, anoint your people to advance your cause, to build your kingdom. Your kingdom come. We seek first the kingdom of God, so that everything else we need, you will add it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, praise God. Open your Bible or your electronic device, excuse me, to Jeremiah chapter 30, and we're going to read verse 17. Jeremiah 30 and 17. Ready, begin. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, plural, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. All right, you may be seated. We've prayed. Um, because of what is happening in our country and around the world, particularly now, economically, gas prices going crazy, food, all these different things, God really impressed upon me to do one more message on healing. But this message is on financial healing. Can you say financial healing? What we just read in Jeremiah chapter 30 is what God said, obviously, to his people Israel before they went into Babylonian captivity or slavery, as it's more commonly referred to today. And the reason that God allowed the Babylonians to enslave Israel, his people, was because of generations of rebellion. Here's what I found. (laughs) Generations of rebellion. Generations of rebellion. This is important. God didn't just punish them immediately for their rebellion, he sent prophet after prophet and generation after generation refused to listen. And so they find themselves at this point in time in scripture enslaved or going into slavery because of their rebellion. Now, God is good. Somebody say God is good. God is good. See, God always punishes sin. We got we to remember that. Don't let, don't let the world fool you. Don't let false prophets and, and lying scholars f- fool you. God always punishes sin. He always punishes sin. But God is so good, he always shows mercy and grace when people repent. That's why repentance is so important and so powerful in the life of believers. So God tells his people after I punish you. After I let Babylon take you into slavery, I'm going to come and restore and heal you. Write that down. God says, after you go through your punishment, I'm going to come and restore you and heal you. God loves to restore his people that repent. So this is what God is doing 
in this particular passage, and I want you to get this in your head and in your heart now, that God is a God of restoration. Restoration is an aspect of healing. Restoration is a part of being healed. Restoration, by definition, is getting again what you once possessed. It's getting back what used to be yours. Healing happens because we should be whole. Our health should be restored because God didn't create us to be sick, diseased, and or afflicted. It's the same thing financially. It's the same thing financially. There are things that the devil and his minions, that demons that are possessed by people, by, by, by corporations, by governments, by groups of people that have stolen things from you and I, that it's time for us to get it back. That's called restoration. Us getting back what belongs to us. I'm sure anyone that's <clears throat> what? listening or paying half attention today, keeps hearing stories of scams. Scam artists after stealing unemployment, scam artists stealing your identity, taking your social security number, taking things that belong to you. It's time for restoration. It's time for some financial healing. Even seniors today being taken advantage of. There are so many thieves in the world today that are stealing, constantly stealing, that we need to understand that many people are financially wounded. And your wounds and our wounds need to be healed. Again, Jeremiah 30, 17, I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, plural, wounds, saith the Lord, because they call thee an outcast, saying, this is Zion in whom no man seeketh after. I don't even need to play on the words. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost help you with that piece. See, only God can restore health. Because he's the one that gave it to you. He's the one that created us in his image and in his likeness. So he's the only one that can restore that to us. God also, my brothers and my sisters, is the only one that really knows what wounds we need healing. Doctors got to guess. Sometimes in the physical area, in the realm of our, our lives, we don't even know what hurts and why this hurts. It could be something over here causing something over there. So we have to learn how to go to God for all of our healing and of like tonight, even our financial healing. Amen. In Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 27, the Bible reads, A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. She had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all she had and was nothing better, but rather she got worse. Verse 27 says, when she heard of Jesus, <laughs> when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press and touched his garment because she said, if I can just get in contact with Jesus, somebody's going to get in contact with Jesus tonight. Somebody's going to attach themselves. See, when you touch somebody, you attach yourself to them. And this woman said, if I can just attach myself to Jesus, everything Jesus wants me to be, I'm going to be able to become that. Catch it, catch it. She said, if I can just attach myself to Jesus, 
My past will fall off and my future will become what God called it to be. Somebody needs to get in touch with Jesus tonight. Someone needs to connect themselves to Jesus. This woman, this woman, because of her disease, the Bible says, she spent all her money on herself. Said this before during the series earlier on, when a person is sick in their body, particularly with a disease that's ongoing, typically you most times you're forced to spend most of your money on yourself getting healed. You will have, like this woman, she spent it on doctors, physicians, plural. When you spend all your money, you need financial healing. She didn't just need physical healing. She got to the place where she needed financial healing as well, else she would not be whole. Listen, it's wonderful to get healed, but it's better to get healed and get your money back so you can keep living. I'm talking to somebody. Not only will you be healed physically, you're going to get healed financially. You're not going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars of hospital bills. That's a burden on you. That's financial wound. So this woman in the scriptures, like so many other men and women, she spent all her money on herself. Trying to get healed until she attached herself to Jesus. Now, here's another part of this that we cannot overlook. Since she spent all her money trying to get healed, she didn't have a lot of money to give to the kingdom. Now, the Bible doesn't say she didn't give anything, but if she spent all her money on herself, it stands to reason she didn't have a lot of money to give to the kingdom, help her grandchildren, help her neighbors. She wasn't a giving person because she was spending her money to get healed. She couldn't be the kind of blessing she wanted to be because of her financial wounds. How many people are in that condition right now? You, you want to do more for your grandkids, your son, your daughter. Maybe you want to put them through school. Maybe you want to do more than that. Maybe you want to help them buy a house, whatever. And, and, but you, you're so sick, you've got so much disease in your body that too much of your money is going to be get healed for yourself and you don't have enough to be a blessing. That's a financial wound. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. But if that good man is sick and broke, he got some financial wounds that need to be healed. So this woman not only needed healing in her body, but quite naturally she needed healing in her finances. And when it comes to financial health, my brothers and my sisters, God knows what we need before we ask him. Hmm. Hallelujah. God, uh, uh, yes, 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 yes. God knows what you need, dear one, before you even ask. Mm -hmm. Why does God know what we need before we ask? Obviously, God is omniscient, which means God knows everything. God cannot learn anything because he knows everything. But what and how I want to present this to you is the reason God knows everything, here it is, is because he knows your assignment. God knows your assignment. Write that down. God knows, write it in first person, my assignment. He knows why he created you and I. He knows why he saved you and I. He knows why he anointed you and I. And he had saved us and anointed us for a purpose. There's something you and I are supposed to do for God in his kingdom. 
We have an assignment. Write this down in first person. I have an assignment. Matter of fact, say from God. I have an assignment from God. Crucial is know that. We have assignments from God. And the reason that's important to know and not forget is because every assignment has grace with it. (laughs) Every assignment has an anointing with it. You're also anointed to do something. You and I are anointed to do something for God. Oh man, I feel the Holy Ghost now. We are anointed to do something for God. Now, because we're created by God, we're anointed with an assignment from God. There's also provision attached to your assignment. There's provision attached to your assignment. I remember, I remember back in 1985, <laughs> 1985, when I moved up here, when I came up to this region, the first job I got was at Wendy's on 41 in Highland Park. And when I got to Wendy's and they hired me, they gave me a uniform. They provided what I needed to build Wendy's up. They didn't ask me to come and, and, and sew my own uniform. They didn't ask me that. When I went then and eventually got a job at Abbott Laboratories, they gave me all the equipment and uniform and all the things I would need to work at Abbott. Most people, and again, I don't know what it's like today, having not been in the workforce for so many years, but, but most jobs, most employers that employ you will have the tools already provided for you when you work for them. In other words, you don't have to provide what they need, they provide it for you. You need to understand that since you and I have an assignment for God, from God, God has the provisions we need to accomplish what he wants us to do. I'm going to say that again. God already has everything provided for you and I to accomplish the assignment. Stop. Stop trying to work hard to provide for yourself. That's the wrong way to look at your life. You don't, we don't work to provide for ourselves. We work to provide for others, especially if you're a parent or a good parent. You don't work just to feed yourself. Matter of fact, old school, old school. Uh, 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 I remember my mother, <clears throat> excuse me, working to support and raise three boys by herself. There were times she wouldn't buy dresses for her because she had to buy shoes and clothes for us. You need to understand you have a good father. Your heavenly father is a good father. And I want you to know, I don't care how high gas gets. I don't care how high produce gets. God will always provide for you and I. So don't get yourself all caught up with fear and anxiety, wondering if you're going to make it. No, no, no. You're going to always be able to make it. David said, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor God's seed begging for bread. You will never have to beg because God will always provide for you, particularly if you are doing your assignment. seen it by the grace of God in this church. Everything we've always needed. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. God's been faithful. I know there's at least 17 people in here that you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
while I'm on the subject, let me just go ahead and prophesy and declare the next level of provision that's about to manifest. So you, when it happens, and I tell you, you can give God the glory. We're going to get all new computers. We need all new computers. That's going to be about $40,000. That's going to happen, and you're going to praise God when it happens. The parking lot needs to be redone. That's going to be $100,000 or more. That's going to happen before this year is over with. You might as well praise him right now because you're going to see it happen. See, that's one of the reasons we had to preach on healing so long so you stop giving the doctor all your money and you can bring some of that money into the kingdom of God. I remember we talked years ago, preached a message. <laughs> I was told it was a dangerous, a dangerous message to preach, but I guess I've been known for that over the years. And the message is entitled American Gangsters. I wasn't talking about the Crips and the Bloods and the Latin Kings. No, no, no. I was talking about uh, uh, corporate America. Um, uh, yeah, I, was, I was talking about American gangsters, legal uh, uh, gangsters, gangsters that, that, are, that use the American Constitution. are gangsters you don't even know about that's been hustling you, stealing your money, overtaxing you, systems. Yeah, one more, I'm going to move on because I didn't come to talk about this, but uh, this is where we are right now. Yeah, I remember again years ago back when I used to uh, uh, frequently go down to the county to visit um, folks that was locked up. And I happened to go, I forget what day it was, it was so long ago. And I went there one day, and it was a line outside the door. And it was people paying bond money. And I got in there and I looked and I just stood back and watched all these people that didn't have a lot of money giving three and four and five, six, seven hundred dollars to the county. I'm like, these people need this money to live off of. This is a hustle. This is why you got to get in the kingdom of God and get out of the systems of the world because the systems of the world are designed to rob you, to steal from you, and even eventually try to kill you. You got to be healed in your body, get healed in your mind, get healed in your soul so these systems stop robbing you. You can't build your family because you're giving money to the systems of this world. So all these financial wounds are in the black and brown community and we don't even get it yet. Financial wounds. Every assignment, every assignment has grace from God. Every assignment has anointing from God. You're anointed to do something. That means God is empowering you to get it done in spite of what opposition you face. And then, of course, there's provision attached to our assignment, which means God's going to make sure you got all the resources you need to get it done. Again, we have to keep our minds on him so we don't take the resources and use them inappropriately and then turn out and say, I don't know what God wants me to do. Yeah, you do. You're just taking the money doing what you want to do with it. Psalm 109, verse 22. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I am poor and needy. The songwriter says he's depressed, angry, and wounded because of the cruel treatment of his enemies, which is in the world. They cause him financial wounds that depressed and angered him. A lot of folks... I might as well stay right here. A lot of folks in the black and brown community, the reason they're angry is because they're broke. reason we're fighting each other is because nobody got no money. Nobody has resources to change anything, so everybody's just frustrated and angry and blaming one another. To see, to be poor, write this down, to be poor is to lack the necessary resources to have a purposeful and productive life. Yeah. To be poor is to lack 
the necessary, these, these things are necessary resources to have a purposeful and productive life. Poverty unchecked causes many sorrows and many wounds. Yeah, I don't mind teaching this. In the, in the day when people are denouncing the prosperity gospel, entire denominations are, are, are forging uh, 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 legal documents to, 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 to come against the prosperity gospel. I, I, don't, I don't preach a prosperity gospel. I just say prosperity is in the gospel. Hmm. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded, being Messiah, Jesus Christ, was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. All of our wounds are healed. I want you to get it in your head. Write it down again. Even my financial wounds, Jesus bled and died for my financial wound. There is no wound that is acceptable in my life because of Jesus Christ. No wound. Don't you accept going from paycheck to paycheck? Don't you accept living like that? Don't you accept not having enough to make it? Don't you accept scraping things out and, and running game and doing this and that and the third just to make it? Don't accept that lifestyle. You need financial healing. A wound, write this down. A wound is an injury. It's a sore. Sores are tender. Again, this is why folks fighting and over the silliest thing, because you're so, it's a sore. Somebody rubbed up against your sore and you went off. You're wounded, you need to be healed. So a wound is an injury, it's a sore. It's the result of a blow or an attack. At some point, some point in time, you were attacked. Somebody hit you, wounded you, and you would not gotten healed of that sore. And it's a wound. And it's festering. And let somebody catch you on the wrong day, you already know. See, that injury, that wound was from an enemy that tried to destroy you. See, that's, that's when, <laughs> when you have a wound that won't heal, that is proof positive that wound came from an enemy that tried to destroy you. Because... Proverbs 27, 6. Let me help somebody real good right here. Proverbs 27, 6 reads, faithful are the wounds of a friend. <clears throat> See, the reason you need your mind healed is so you can tell the difference between the wounds of a friend and the wounds of an enemy. Some of y'all fighting friends and loving enemies. Let me read the rest of that scripture. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. <laughs> See, a friend's wounds point to their love for you. <laughs> Let me say it another way. It's like, it's like when we were a, a, a child. And, and particularly mama, may have been daddy. Uh, uh, my, my, my father never whooped me. <clears throat> he just didn't. But anyway, <laughs> Cecilia Jane Logan used to say, it's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I'm like, I, I don't know why you lying to me, why you whooping me. When I became a parent, I understood exactly what she meant. See, those wounds from my mama were faithful. They produce good sense, common sense, order, respect, obedience. <laughs> see, see, some of y'all fighting folk that's trying to help you. You mad at folk that's trying to help you. Those wounds are faithful. 
and you hugging the devil that's trying to destroy you. Hmm. See, watch this. Poverty makes people poor. Write that down. It's the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray he ministers to you throughout the night, that statement. Poverty makes people poor. <laughs> Poverty is a spirit. <clears throat> Poverty makes people poor. Another way to say it, this, may, this, this, will, this will help you. Poverty afflicts people with lack. The reason lack keeps showing up in your life is because of poverty. You have a poverty mentality. Like, again, my dearly departed mother used to say, don't be, <laughs> don't be one of those people, son, that buy what they like and beg for what they need. You will be afflicted with lack if you got money coming in and you only use it on your own pleasures. Poverty afflicts people with lack, which makes them poor. But the songwriter also says he was poor and needy. Write this down. Needy means you're destitute. Mm -mm -mm. Destitute. Being destitute means you don't have your needs being met. Wow. You're destitute. You don't have your needs being made. You need food, clothing, shelter, but you have none of the above. That means you're destitute. That means you have needs that should be met that continually go unmet. <laughs> Living in lack is not having enough resources. <laughs> when you don't have enough resources, it prevents, again, people from accomplishing and fulfilling their destiny. See, my brothers and my sisters, truth be told, it's literally impossible to do the will of God wounded by lack. Pastors today are struggling like never before because of the effects of COVID. We don't know who going to come to church when, who going to give, who going to serve. There's lack. And many of y'all can't see it because you, like the woman with the issue of blood, you caught up in your own sickness. You spending your time and money on getting you okay. And you've forgotten there's a kingdom that you're a part of that God's assigned you to. It's quiet in this holy sanctuary. If we're broke, we're broken. Write that down. If we're broke, talk about financially, we are broken. And if you're broken, you need fixing. So if you and I, if we need fixing, how can we help fix other people? How can we complete our assignment? If we're broken, how can we advance the kingdom of God if we're always broke or broken? Since I'm in this vein, and I'm almost finished, and it's only 7.33, according to my clock, here's another sign of brokenness in the church that manifests itself other places. People volunteer to do something. Let's just say 10 people volunteer to work a ministry. Most pastors 
particularly those that have been passed as long as I have, already know that a good percentage of those people ain't going to stay with it. So then what mentality must I have if I know that so many people will fall by the wayside and I got to find, keep finding new people to plug in? That's a broken system. <laughs> I know it's not a lot of people in here tonight, but I wish you could see how you looking in your spirit at me. Hmm. You know, that's one of the things, one thing, one thing for sure that was hammered into me growing up. You don't put your hand to a plow and then walk away. I could touch a lot of points with that. You don't start something and then walk away from it that you agree you are going to be a part of. Whether it be marriage, friendships, business deals, how that's that's that that's a broken system that produces poverty. Ah. Poverty is being broken. It's being separated from our provision. That's the key right there. How do we close the gap between us and our provision? Because you know there's plenty of money out there. There was a lot of just 1.5 billion. They just signed, uh, uh, athletes are signing, uh, uh, NFL quarterbacks are signing contracts for two and three hundred million dollars. It's money out there. How come it's not coming to us? <clears throat> Maybe you've forgotten what your assignment is. Maybe you've gotten distracted and you kept going to Lollapalooza. See, poverty is a disease of lack. It's a disease. See, if you, once poverty enters into your mind and your life, it, 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 it can stay there. And, and all of a sudden, insufficiency and lack of productivity becomes commonplace in your life. You, you know, you got to be careful when you stop producing in the kingdom. Mm. See, without proper provision, we cannot be productive. We need, each and every one of us needs proper provision to remain productive. In Psalm 23, verse 3, the psalm writer says, God restores our soul. He restores our soul. He restores. He, he puts back in our mind, will, and emotion the things that we need to fulfill his will. Hmm. We can't have healthy minds and healthy emotions if we're constantly in lack because most of what you'll think about is you. Hmm. Write this down, please. Every business, every family, every nation, and every kingdom must be financed. I'll say it again. Every business must be financed. You need capital to start a business and you need capital to keep a business going. You need capital money for your family to sustain your family, to provide for your family. Families need a place to stay, whether it be an apartment, condo, house, or whatever. You need a place to stay. It takes money. You need money to put a roof over your family's house, or you need a roof, excuse me, you need money to put a roof over your family. You gotta have money. Then you need, you need furniture. You need places to sit, places to sleep. 
You need milk. You need food. You need a refrigerator. It takes money, provision to keep those things because, you know, and again, and I'm just going to say this because who knows who's listening? Because there are some young people out there today. You think all you need is just one apartment or one house. But see, let me tell you something. You got to repair that, that house. You stay in there long enough. You have to fix something. And sometimes you got to fix two or three things at the same time. So you can't spend all your money on Air Jordans. The refrigerator may go out. You got to hurry up, get it fixed so the food you bought don't spoil. And you got to replace all the food. So it takes provision. So we can't be wounded in our heads and on our hearts and not think like this because then if you have all of these wounds, all of these financial wounds, what you'll find yourself doing is trying to find another way to keep all that going if you don't depend on God because you've never learned to give. You've never learned to give. All you know is getting it. Everybody, and again and again and again, sensitively speaking, Graciously speaking, we're living in a time because of these financial wounds that sometimes you got two and three generations of family living together because they can't afford to live apart. And then now you got pressure on a couple in the house that's providing everything for everybody else because they love their family. But you got all these wounded folks sitting under the same roof. I'm talking real good. I'm going to leave that alone for now. So again, every business, family, kingdom, and nation must be financed. So when you're sitting up in that house, eating food that you didn't pay for, sitting on a couch that you didn't pay for, realize somebody paying for it. Again, I digress. Thank God for the dearly departed Cecilia Jane Logan. Because I, I knew how, and I know there's a couple of people I mentioned even as well. I, I, listen, I'm a grown, I was a, listen, listen. When I got kicked out of the army, my mama said, you, you can stay here, but I ain't giving you no money. I ain't buying you no food. So I had to get out and hustle. So because I, I learned how to work at an early age, I'd put a rake in my car and drive to the wealthy neighborhood and rake grass and get paid to be able to put gas in my car and food in my belly. And in the winter, I'd get a shovel and do the same thing. I thank God for that because <coughs> it kept me from being a lazy man that sat up in somebody else's house and didn't realize they financing me. When I, when I drove up here in that same car, it was a 76 Firebird. When I drove up here in 1985, listen, true story, I ain't thought about this in many years. I literally quit smoking on the way up here Cause what no man gonna buy me no cigarettes. I ain't no woman. See, I'm helping somebody right now. You somebody financing you. Like like we should say back growing up, somebody you got a sponsor. You got a sponsor. You 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 45 years old and you got a sponsor. Listen, you got financial wounds, my brother, my sister. You need to be healed because you're creating a ripple effect or a domino effect that your poverty is affecting and connected to other people. Your wounds are rubbing up against other people's wounds and causing more wounds. And so we keep wounding each other in the same doggone family, in the same doggone community, and in the same churches. Proverbs 13, 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction. I promise you I didn't write, make that up. That's in the Bible. Poverty and shame will be with people that don't want to listen. You'd rather get mad and turn me off than listen. I need to listen to that man. I, I, it's, it's, it's rubbing me wrong, but he's right, he's right. I need to listen. I'm tired of being broke and shame. Poverty and shame shall be to those that refuse instruction. 
but he that regards reproof shall be honored. It's your season to be honored. Can't you see that? My brother, my sister, can't you see? It's our season to be honored. Oh, I got to talk like this. I didn't know I was. It's our season to be honored. They're talking about reparations. People are seeing things on, 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 online that are, that are revealing what's really been going on and how we've been treated and mistreated. Even things, I mean, here's a sad one that's recent where little girls going to, to places that not even getting loved by puppets and loved by a Chuck E. Cheese and love. It's, everybody's seeing how we've been treated. It's our time to be honored. We have been shamed, disgraced, broke, poor too long. It's our time to rise up from the ashes of poverty and lack and frustration and be honored. We must, but we must honor God. We must repent of our sin. We must get our lives aligned with his word and his kingdom. We must seek him first and not seek parties and fill, fulfilling our own will first. We got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous way of doing things. And then everything we need, God will provide it. Don't you see the games has not worked? These games we've been playing, they ain't working. Proverbs 13, 18. Poverty and shame shall be to the one who refuses instruction. But he who regards reproof, the person that listens to correction and instruction, shall be honored. Ignorance produces poverty. Ignorance. You won't listen to nobody. You'll never come out of that. You'll always be financially wounded. Ignorance produces poverty, and poverty will produce shame. Shame. And shame, my brothers and my sisters, leads to disgrace. I'm going to talk about disgrace. We'll get out of here. Disgrace. Dis means something has been removed. It's not there. Disgrace means God's grace has been removed from your life on a high level. <clears throat> Disgrace. You are not experiencing the level of God's grace on your life that you should because you won't listen to instruction from God. You won't listen to the word. You won't obey the word. You won't take heed to what God says. So poverty, lack, shame has led you to disgrace. You see, in God's economy, that's a theological word that talks about the kingdom of God, and how God operates once we get into it. Every, every society, every nation has their own economy. Amen. God's kingdom has an economy. You need to write that down. Some of you didn't even know that. That now that you're in the kingdom, you're operating in a different economy. See, that's, oh God, I didn't seen folk, I, I've just got to flow like this right now. I've seen folk come up in the church and you try to run the same game and hustle in the church that you did in the world. It don't work. You can only lie and borrow money from people so long and pretty soon everybody's going to find you out and ain't nobody going to hug you. Ain't no love in that church. You've been running game. Ain't no love for you because you don't want to come in here and change and operate under the same economy we are. you still trying to operate out there with that economy, running game. Borrowing money, you don't give it back. You know I ain't scared to say it. But when you get saved and you get in God's kingdom, you operate, we operate under another economy. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Give. That's how you get given back to you. In God's economy, in the world, it's opposite. You got to get over. I remember. Oh, God. I remember back in when I was a teenager, back in Decatur, Illinois. I remember uh, it was a friend of mine. And uh, this guy, boy, he was something else. I ain't going to mention his name because I don't know who watched him. I don't want no hate mail. Or no. Anyway. So this guy, though, but he, 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 he was slick. He knew how to run a game. Back in the day, back in the day, you know, we always used to smoke Cools, you know, then, or Newports. You know, uh, the, the soft dudes smoke Salem's. I'm just messing with y'all. 
So, so, so he would, he would, he would in the wintertime, he would, he would have a, he would have, he would have his full pack of cools in his sock. But in his shirt pocket, he'd have a pack of cools or two of them in it. Because, you know, brothers in the streets, you know, man, I ain't got but two squares, you know. I ain't got but two squares. Oh, man, okay, man, no, I ain't going to take your last two squares. So that's how he kept from giving people any cigarettes. He, he was the first one to get a car, and so we would ride around all day long and smoke everybody else's weed. And then 11 o'clock at night, he pulled out a big old ounce. I'm just talking real talk. I'm just talking real talk. See, that's how you get over. But see, when you get saved, you don't come in here and you keep all your money to yourself and let everybody else pay for everything and take care of everything. And you sit up here and enjoy it and suck it up and say hallelujah and you don't get nothing. See, you run a game. You wounded. We need to get you healed. Because you don't understand. Everybody else came from some of the same stuff you did, but we changed how we think and we stopped being ignorant of what God said and we got in God's economy. And we start operating by faith. In God's economy, as I get ready to close, this grace is when the Father turns his face from you. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is good or not. I know. I used to hear this when I used to disappoint my mother. Get, I don't want to look at you. Get out of my face. That was disgrace. The Bible says God is of purer eyes than to look upon sin. You and I don't want to live a life supposedly as a child of God to the degree that God don't want to look at us. Can't look at you. That's disgrace because the father's face in God's economy, God's face towards us or if God's face turned towards us is a sign of his favor. Hallelujah. God looking at us is God being proud of what we do. Like you go to your daughter or son's softball game. And look at her. Look at him. Oh, they ain't fast. They, but I'm just proud they out there. And you're just looking at every move they make and they falling and they get struck out. You smiling and you're you just happy they out there. See, see, you want God looking at everything you do. You want God smiling at everything you do. You want God helping you. You know, you don't, you know, uh, you know, you want God saying, he ain't out. He ain't out. He's safe. He's safe. He's safe. Uh-uh, we ain't going for that. So you want God on your side. And the reason he's on your side is because he's favoring you and he's watching everything you do. And he's making sure that they don't run over you and that the enemy doesn't do you wrong and that you don't get stolen from and somebody doesn't trip you while you're running the home plate. No, they, that's a home run. They scored. See, you need God looking at you so that when you get wounded, he makes sure you get picked up, cleaned up, and if they don't do you right, he'll come take you off the field and take you home and treat you like a prince or a princess that you are. You want God's face looking at you. You don't want your heavenly father removing his honor from you, his oversight of your life and his favor on your life. Psalm 119, 132. Look upon me. Everyone stand, please. Look upon me. Look upon me and be merciful unto me as thou hast done in the past because of your lovely name. Look upon me, God. Honor me. Come on, lift your hands and say, look upon me, Father. Look upon me, my Father in heaven. Look upon me and honor me. Forgive me of my sin. Heal me, God, of my financial wounds. Heal me, God. Look upon me with favor. Honor me. Bless me out of your wonderful, glorious grace. Bless me. Provide for me. Get my life back on track so I can fulfill the assignment that you have. I got off track. I got distracted, but I repent today and I'm back in alignment with your will, holy God. Hallelujah. Heal me of these financial wounds, oh Father. Forgive me of my rebellion. I tried to do it my way. I tried to do it my way. I got upset with everybody in authority, even the church, and I've been doing it my way, but I realize these wounds have hurt me. These wounds are hurting me now. These wounds are crippling. These wounds are debilitating. These wounds are stopping me from moving 
moving forward. I want to fulfill the reason you created me. Please pay attention to me. Look at my situation. I need you to get involved, oh God. I need you to put your face and your favor right in the midst of this situation and bring me out. Heal my financial wounds. Turn towards me and respond to me with your favor. Bless my life so I can be a blessing in this last and evil day. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be broken anymore. I don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul. I don't want to run these games anymore. I want you to be my provider. Heal me of every disease. Every disease, every wound, you said in your word, Paul, this is a favorite scripture of Christians. Paul said, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul said this to the church in Philippians because of their giving to help the other churches that need it. You can't claim that scripture if you're selfish. You can't claim that God will supply all your need if you're not doing anything to supply the needs of others. If you're not in God's economy, this scripture won't work for you. It may make you feel good in the midnight hour, but it won't produce healing of your financial wounds. Psalm 67 verses 1 and 2. God be merciful to us. And bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us. Selah. Then your ways will be known on the earth. If you bless us and we become a greater blessing, your ways will be known. Hallelujah. Bless us so we can show the world how it's supposed to be. Then your ways will be known throughout all the earth. If you bless me, I'll be a blessing. I'll show people how to be a blessing. I'll show people how to pull people up out of ditches. I'll show people how to pull people up out of problems. I'll show people how to pull folk up out of despair and poverty. If you, when you bless us and cause your face to shine upon us, the ways of your kingdom, your economy will spread throughout the whole world and your salvation throughout all the nations. My brothers and sisters, when we're healed, whole and restored, people can see God in your life very clearly. When we're healed, whole and restored, people will know, because you're gonna open your mouth and say, God did this, God did this. The world didn't do this. God, all by his sovereign self, he did this. And then the blessing of the Lord will be upon us. And people will seek to learn his ways. I need to know how this happened in your life. And then your assignment can be fulfilled. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we've heard your word. We've heard your instruction. We've not rejected anything you've said in your word. We don't want to be a rebellious people any longer. We don't want to come to church and say amen and leave out and say oh, man." We want to be obedient. We need your favor. We need your healing. We need your face shining upon our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, the world. We need your face. Help us to say yes, not just today, but tomorrow, the next day, and for the rest of our lives. Help us say yes to your will. 
for your glory to be revealed through us and the financial healing that we need can begin today in Jesus name. Amen. Put your sanctified hands together. Give God a praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.